welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Happy Sunday. It is so good to be here together. We're going to continue our series this morning on like Jesus. Pastor Jake had asked me to share, and I was just praying into some things about what I could be sharing, and the Lord has just really strongly put prayer on my heart to talk about today. So I'm going to pray right now before we start, and then we're going to get going for a few minutes. So God, we just thank you for your presence. We thank you, Lord, that today is the day that you have made. As your word says, God, we will rejoice, and in every season, Father, We can rejoice because you are always good. We can rejoice because you never change and you are always the same. God, I thank you that as we look in your word, Lord, at your word, Lord, that you open our eyes today, that we can see wondrous and amazing things from your law today, Lord, that we see new things that we haven't seen today or before, that we hear new Things, Lord, that you want to speak to us. We thank you, God, together as a church family. And we all said, amen. Look at someone in your home or text someone and say, amen. This is the word of God. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And we are praying and believing God in this season. And I'm believing God today that that word of God is going to pierce your heart in a new and fresh way. We want to be changed from the inside out and go from glory to glory. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the same today as I was yesterday. I want to continue growing even in this season and to become more like Jesus. So if you have a Bible, uh, open it up this morning to Lamentations. I want to read one of my favorite passages of scripture, but I'm going to read on it a little bit further because I think some people just stop at what they think is the good stuff. I think we do that in the word of God. We just, we just stop because we just want to feel good. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to feel good and feel warm and fuzzy. Um, but then there's some things that God wants us to read before the verse. Or maybe there's some things that the Lord wants to receive or to see after the verse. And it's the good stuff that can pull us in. But sometimes we just got to keep reading a little bit longer because there's a little bit more that the Lord wants to show us. So I'm going to read here in Lamentations 3. Verse uh, 22 here, it says through, and I'm reading out of the New King James Version right now, and then I'm going to read out of the message. It says, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. Now we're going to keep reading here. Verse 25, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to those who seek him. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Uh, It is good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth or a woman. Uh, Let him sit alone and keep silent because God has laid it on him. It's good that one should wait quietly on the Lord and wait on the salvation of God. 
I don't know if we're really good at that, just sitting and waiting and remaining steadfast. We see it over and over in the Word of God, and we're going to look at it a little bit more um, as we go along today. But I want to read this in the message. I just loved it. I heard the Lord say, hey, I want you to read this in the message translation. And, and I had read some of this portion in the message, but I hadn't read all of it. Um, so I'm going to start in verse 25. Um, listen up here, you probably aren't, uh, don't have a message on you, so just look at the screen. It says, God proves to be good to the man who passionately waits. Come on. To the woman who diligently seeks, it's a good thing to quietly hope. Church, it's a good thing to quietly hope. It's not a good thing to scream and to have our arms flailing and be like, God. But he's saying it's a good thing to quietly hope to quietly hope for help from God. It's a good thing when you're young to stick it out through the hard times. Young people, I think God's speaking to you this morning. It's a good thing when you are young and you have to learn how to stick it out through the hard times. When life is heavy and hard to take, go off by yourself. Enter the silence. I can really hear God speaking some things to you already, and I don't even have to say anything. Bow in prayer. Don't ask questions. Wait for hope to appear. Don't run from trouble. Come on. Take it full face. The worst is never the worst. Why? Because the master won't ever walk out and fail to return. I could just like pause and just wait and just allow you to just have some journaling time right there just as you just sit with that as the Lord speaks to you. The worst is never the worst. The worst is never the worst when we, when we have God. Why? Because it's saying that God won't ever walk out uh, and fail to return. You know, just as I was reading the scripture the other day, the Lord told me um, that, I, that many of you were saying, this is the worst season I have ever been in. You know, and, and perhaps this feels like the worst season. This is the worst thing that could have ever happened to you. But then I heard the Lord say this. He said, tell them that in five years, they are going to look back and say, this was the best season of my life. I believe that in five years, in one year, in two years, in three years, maybe in six months, you're going to look back and say, it was hard the worst seemed like the worst, but in the worst, I leaned closer to God, and it was the best season of my life. It was a season where the word of God, as, as I allowed it, began to, uh, to um, lay a firm and greater foundation in my life. It was a season where I learned to hear from God in a new way. It was a season where I had greater sight because I chose the silence. I chose to surrender over everything, and the worst does not have to be the worst church. It does not have to be the worst, but it can be our choice today. As the word of God is saying here, enter into the silence. He, when life is heavy and hard to take, the Bible here is saying, go off by yourself and enter the silence. God's calling us this season to enter into the silence. There's things that are going on around the world. There's things that are going on in our city. There's things going on in our own life that God has not caused, but God will use it, and he will turn it around for good. God's speaking to you this morning, church. 
He's speaking to your heart. He's speaking to your family. And he is saying the worst is not the worst. When we've got Jesus, the worst doesn't have to be the worst, but the worst can be the best thing that ever happened to us. Jake and, Pastor Jake and I were having a conversation not too long ago, and I was actually just talking to his dad about this. We had a season in our life, um, something that had happened to us, and it was very painful, and it was very hard. And, and Jake and I were talking, we are having a very candid conversation just a few months ago, and I said, I can't believe that I'm saying this, but that was the worst thing that ever happened to us. But it was the best thing that ever happened to us because if that had not happened to us, we wouldn't be who we are today. Our marriage wouldn't be what it is today. Our children wouldn't have a greater love for one another and for family if that hadn't happened to us. So the worst might have tried its best. The enemy might have tried its best, but because we chose surrender, because as a family we chose to enter into the silence, as we chose to push back and said no to the gates of hell, we chose Jesus, we choose Jesus, Jesus, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. The worst became the best. The worst is not the worst when we have Jesus. A few words that the Lord has put on my heart, and it's, it comes in line with this passage really well, is silence, solitude, and prayer. If you're taking notes, just write that down. Silence, solitude, and prayer. And you could say, well, silence and solitude are the same thing. Uh-uh. Sometimes we've got to take a moment, just begin to write words down so that we can see that they're actually different and just write how they're different. Silence is to be void of sound. It's in that quiet place. Solitude is when we are alone. It's in that place of aloneness. You know, we're not com most of us aren't comfortable in silence. It's awkward. We're, we're trying to reject silence at all costs. Uh, you know, solitude, most of us don't want to be alone. But here's the thing, friends, is that as God's calling us to enter into the silence, as he's calling us to enter into the solitude, we have to be careful that um, we are not allowing our flesh to control um, what God is saying. Because if God is calling us into the silence, into the place where we're uncomfortable, if God is calling us into the solitude, the place, again, where we find uh, discomfort and, and it, it, it doesn't feel easy, we could be robbing ourselves of the very things that we need. So by pushing away the silence, by pushing away the solitude, you have desires in your heart that you need, but God is saying, if you will just enter into the silence, if you will just enter into the solitude, the things that you're actually looking for, that you're trying to find by doing this and filling your life up with this and going to hang out with this person and all of this is actually creating more noise to where you can't hear God. Like he's wanting you to, to hear him, that you can't be filled up with God because he's trying to fill you, but you are so full of yourself. You are so full of other things because you are refusing to enter into the silence because it's just too hard. Enter into the silence today. He's calling us to enter into the stillness and the solitude of this season. The worst isn't the worst. When we have Jesus, God is turning the worst, what you think is the worst, into the best. Come on, somebody say amen. Say amen in your home. Shout it. God's got something to say to us today. So in these seasons when we're trying to 
you know, we're, we're just trying to fill ourselves up. But we were created to be filled. We were created to be filled with the Lord so that our lives uh, would, would have rivers of living water flowing out of them. Some of us are trying to give things away, but we're, tr- we're, we're giving on empty. We're trying to give life away, but we really don't have any life going on inside of us. We're trying to give wisdom away, but we really don't have any wisdom inside of us because we haven't been spending time with the Lord. And we're just trying to grab onto whatever we can grab onto because it's so hard. I was reminded of a story. I actually forgot about this story. And I think, actually, I was thinking about this last night, trying to think of how long ago it was. And I thought, wow, time is flying by and we are getting old. But it was uh, one of the times that we had taken our kids to Disneyland. And if you've ever been to Disneyland, come on, happiest place on earth. And um, there's the California Adventure Park. So it's, it's, it's like the Disneyland across the other side. It's not really Disneyland, but it is Disneyland. And, you know, they have a bunch of rides that our family really likes. Uh, we really love Toy Story, and uh, we really love a bunch of other rides in there. But there's this one ride, for whatever reason, and I don't normally want to ride this ride, uh, it was the Ferris wheel. I think that's, I, you know, they probably have a fancier name for it, but it was this Ferris wheel, and it was really big, and I think I just wanted to have a great view. Well, Josiah wanted to go on this, too. Um, so anyway, so we're, we're standing in line. Uh, there's two lines. I don't really think about it too much. Um, but anyway, we finally get on the ride. Uh, Sydney did not want to go on the ride with us. So the thing, like we're, we're two-parent family and we have two kids. So that means that there's always one kid for each of us. So Josiah and I were going on this ride. Sydney and, and Jake were watching. So Josiah and I get into this ride. And before I know it, they shut the door, make sure it's safe. And we're sitting in there. And I am looking around and I am realizing there is nothing to grab onto. So we, we start going up, and I'm just like, oh, my word. And the view is so great, but honestly, I couldn't even enjoy the view because I was starting to get scared, and I could tell that Josiah was getting scared. So it gets better. <laughs> so as we're up in the air, um, so, you know, a Ferris wheel goes like this. Well, what I didn't realize was that the first line was the scary line because some of you might be terrified of Ferris wheels, as most smart people should be. (laughs) Um, There was an extra scary line that I didn't know. We were in the extra scary line. For all of you adventurers that like to skydive and do all those crazy things. So we were were at the top, and then all of a sudden, we like fling this way. I'm like, what is happening? And there's just like this part of the Ferris wheel where we begin to slide down, and I'm like, we, what is happening? And we have nothing to grab onto. So like even the greats that are around us, like you can't even get your fingers into it. And Josiah is crying. So I am feeling very emotional as a mother. I am feeling like a terrible mother. I am angry at Jake because I feel like he tricked me into going on this ride and I am freaking out. I want to cry. If, if there was a way to dry cry, I dry cried that day because I didn't want Josiah to see that his mom was crying because I know that he needed me to be strong. So we're, we're flailing, flailing out there, and then it does it again. And you know those moments when you're scared and you're like, okay, I can do it one more time. Well, this just felt like it lasted forever. 
And I had just had my moment because Josiah was crying and I'm trying to grab hold of him, but it was just really hard to you know, keep holding on because there's nothing to hold on to. And I just wanted to keep him safe. There was a moment there where I literally screamed out the name of Jesus because I didn't know what else to do. And as I was thinking about this story this week, and I thought, wow, isn't that just like life, you know, where we're just on this like ride, and it's like, even this season, it's like, what is happening? And we're, we're, we think we're going to be fine, but then we're like flailing all about, and we're trying to grab hold of something, and we don't know what to do. And like in 2 Chronicles 20, Jehoshaphat said, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. I'm on this ride. I'm like, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to scream the name of Jesus because surely God can comfort us on this freaky Ferris wheel. I was so angry at Pastor Jake. When we got off that ride, I was like, you tricked me. Why did you do this? Josiah's crying, and I think I went off and cried. We were okay. The point being that these moments where we want to flail, where we want to scream and freak out in this season, silence, solitude, and prayer, allow this season to push you into God where everything within you wants to shout the name of Jesus because we're in that place where we are forced to shout the name of Jesus because we have nothing else. You know what? As we shout, our hand goes up to him. His hand is already reaching out to us and something happens when we pray. Something happens when we um, when we begin to hold on to the Lord is that there is an exchange of divine strength and God wants you to know that you don't have to walk this season alone. You don't have to walk this season afraid. You don't have to walk this season scared. You don't have to walk this season broke. But we do have to lean in to the silence. We have to lean in to the solitude. And we need to be men and women of prayer. We need to be teaching our children and our families and our friends to be people of prayer. Prayer, because prayer changes everything. This series is on like Jesus, and I want to read a scripture here out of Luke 5.16. So again, if you have a Bible, open it. Luke, oh, I have a, I marked it. I think I did. Oh, maybe I didn't. I didn't. I'm just going to read it. You're just going to have to trust me. But, But it says, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And you know what I find it interesting because it was talking about a story here and it didn't just say, uh, but Jesus withdrew to a lonely place. It wasn't just talking about that moment. Luke here, as a physician, he was trying to teach us that Jesus just didn't do this once, but Jesus did this a lot. And I encourage you to get your Bible up, get your concordance out. There's a little thing in the back of most of your Bibles where you can look up words. Look up words like pray, look up words like prayer. Look up words like prayed, and you can see how many times Jesus went and do this. But it's saying, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Some of you are just feeling so depleted this season because you are overwhelmed. The season's been hard. The season's been tough. And that is a sign that you need to withdraw and go and pray. I looked up this word pray, and it's from the Greek word. It's 4336. I am not going to say it well, but it's proskyu komahi. I totally said that wrong. But it means to offer up prayer 
It is the prayer of exchange. It literally means divine persuasion. You're thinking, great, we can change the mind of God. No, when we pray, you know what happens? It changes our heart. So as we pray, something wonderful and something powerful happens, that God's mind becomes our mind. Maybe not in a moment, but over time as we keep praying, that our heart becomes his heart, that his ways become our ways, that his thoughts become our thoughts. Prayer aligns us with the will of God. I believe that even a greater alignment comes from embracing these moments where we are uncomfortable, but we are choosing to enter into the silence, the solitude, as, and we pray to the Lord. Look in your Bibles to Psalm 109 for this morning. It's a wonderful scripture. I'm going to read it in the passage translation as well. Um, David here had a lot of accusers coming at him, but he said, in return for my love, they are my, they are my accusers, but I give myself to prayer, but... But, we got to look at those buts in the Bible. But, this might have happened, but. You might have all sorts of stuff coming at you, but I'm a child of God and I know the word of God is true and God's calling me to prayer, so I'm going to pray because it is going to cause things to work out together for good because there's things in your life that won't take place unless you take moments to stop and to pray in a moment, for a season, for a lifetime. Keep at it. Uh, in, the, in the Passion Translation, it says, um, I will pray. So, so in the New King James, it says, but I give myself to prayer. In the Passion, Passion Translation, it says, but I will pray until I become prayer myself. Isn't that powerful? That we would pray so much as the children of God over the course of of a lifetime, that prayer wasn't just something that we did, but because we believed it, because we lived it out, we actually became prayer, that our life actually became prayer, that our life became a sound and a song of the testimony of the goodness of God, that our life became a light of the power of the word of God, that it's true, and that God is not a man that he, could, that he should lie, and that if God did it for me, he's going to do it for you, that we will become prayer ourselves. I want to tell you some things that prayer does when we pray, okay? Prayer helps me, okay? And I'm saying me because I want you to be thinking, well, I'll say you. Prayer helps you stand secure. Prayer helps us stand sure. Prayer awaken, or prayer helps my soul awaken. Prayer aligns me with the heart of God. Prayer aligns me with the will of God. Prayer is my first line of offense, my last line of defense, and everything in between. Prayer releases a greater authority in my life. Prayer brings the breakthrough. Come on, if we don't want to pray after we prayed some of this or read some of this, prayer keeps my heart right, keeps my heart clean and clear. Prayer makes me strong. Prayer keeps me moving forward. Prayer keeps me going the distance. Prayer keeps my eyes on Jesus. Prayer makes me more like Jesus. Prayer makes me a better parent. Prayer makes me a better person. Prayer makes me uh, um, a better child. If, if, you're, if, you're, uh, if you're a child and you're living in your home with your parents, prayer is going to make you a better child. Prayer gives me the mind of God. Prayer keeps me in the spirit and not in the flesh. Prayer is going to bring me greater wisdom and greater understanding. Prayer releases the fruit of the spirit in my life. Prayer brings health, healing, and wholeness to me. Silence, solitude, and prayer. 
I believe these are some of the things that God is calling us into this season. You could be like, Pastor Jenny, I don't know how to pray. Prayer is talking with God. Prayer is communion with God. You know, just as we say, you know, I will pray, you know, until I become prayer myself. So often, I'm known that I, I just kind of talk to myself, and sometimes I wonder, like, am I actually going, officially losing it? But I find myself actually talking to the Lord, that it's so commonplace now that, for me, it's actually normal because throughout the day, I find from the, from the moment that I wake up, sounds like the song, <laughs> from the moment that I wake up, that I just begin my morning talking to God. And throughout the day, and I end my, and I end my night talking to the Lord. But I want to tell you, tell you how you can pray. Now, you can go to Matthew 6. Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this, and that's the Lord's prayer. But I really felt impressed to, to read Philippians 4. So again, if you have a Bible, or you can read it on the screen. Because um, you might not know this, but did you know that the Bible originally was meant to be read out loud? See, the word of God, the, the written word of God is the logos word, but the spoken word of God is the rhema word of God. And as we speak the word of God, you will notice, even as you hear others just speak the word, and we've noticed this lately because I've been finding that I've been noticing a pattern here is that people are beginning to say the word of God out loud. I think God is doing something, and he's getting us as the body of Christ to begin speaking the word even more out loud. So you can just read the scripture. So I'm going to read Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I will rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So you could just read the word and allow it to stir up your heart, but here's how you can pray it, okay? This was something that our pastor taught us, my father-in-law, at a very young age, and I found it hard, but as I, you know, at first, but you'll find your own way and you'll find your own rhythm as your relationship with the Lord grows, but I will look at this scripture and say, God, I thank you for your word today. I thank you that your word is true, God. I thank you that in every season I can rejoice in you, not just at one time, but always. And again, I, I command my soul today to rejoice. God, I thank you that my gentleness will be known to the world around you because you are near. Father, I refuse to be anxious today for anything, but in everything, God, by my prayers and my supplications and bringing things before you and with a thankful heart, God, I thank you that every request that I have, and you can name it out, would be made known to you, that you are one that hears me, that you are one um, that is close to me when I call out to you. And God, I thank you that when I do that, that you flood my heart and mind with all peace, Lord Jesus, and that you surround me with a greater understanding and you guard my heart uh, through all you are, through your blood. God, I thank you for your blood today that speaks a better word. I, I receive your peace today. His word is life. Silence, solitude, and prayer. Jesus is calling us this season to become more like him. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. 
And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.